Welcome to Locally Source Joey, and I hope you've got your comics ready because we are talking all about Staple in this episode, which is the Independent Media Expo here in Austin, going on this weekend, October 12th and 13th, over at the Millennium Youth Entertainment Complex. There's more than 200 vendors showcasing all sorts of goodies, comics, zines, art, crafts, and games, and they're all independently made, which is awesome. Uh, you can check out workshops, panels, artists, enjoy some great refreshments. There's a food court. That, I mean, it's, it's everything you need. And honestly, I know it's the same weekend as the second weekend of ACL, but would you rather be out in record heat or would you rather be inside where it's air conditioned and you can meet a bunch of cool people and come away with some awesome stuff? I'd definitely choose the latter. Not an ACL fan. So get on out and go get it. This episode, we're talking with... Chris Uncle Staple Nicholas, who is the founder of Staple, started it 15 years ago and continues just going strong each and every year, as well as Monica Gallagher, who is a writer and illustrator with over 15 years experience making comics. She has just the most fascinating pieces out there. She has two series comics on Webtoons right now, Assassin Roommate and Boo, It's Sex, uh, which is a ghost that comes to teach sex ed, and that's... I mean, that's you're not going to find that anywhere. That's awesome. That's so cool. She also co-wrote the first season of iHeartRadio's Lethal Lit and Comixology's The Black Ghost series. And because two guests is not enough, we got a third one for you as well. Paul Benjamin, writer, editor, and supermodel, a New York Times bestselling author who has written and produced comics and video games for probably like everything you've ever heard before. Hulk, Spider-Man, Wolverine, a bunch of DC characters. Disney princesses, Star Wars, Star Trek, Starcraft, World of Warcraft, The Muppets, Monsters, Inc. It's like, you name it, Paul's probably had a hand in it. This episode, we're talking about Staple, how it's grown over the past 15 years, what you can expect if you've never attended, if you're like me and this is going to be your first time, and how to break into the comics industry, what you need to know, what you need to do, and spoiler alert, you got a network to get work, baby. Quentin Veep, love that show. All right, so let's hop on in. Paul, Chris, Monica, take it away. If y'all want to go around, you can do a virtual rock, paper, scissors to see who wants to go first. But um, just give a little little background on yourself. If you were, let's say, riding three three floors of an elevator with someone, what would you say in that time? <laughs> I, and then based, based on a relatively true story of a time, I was at a hotel recently and got on an elevator that was full of people and no one had pressed a button to go anywhere so they were all just standing there for several seconds and i was like uh can someone push something it was great good times that's awkward yeah <laughs> sorry we're making moves okay, though. Monica, go what did you all i threw scissors what did you throw <laughs> rock paper you went oh okay <laughs> monica, monica rocks she goes <laughs> you want me to go first okay um, hey everybody, I'm Monica. I've been doing comics for like 15 years or so now. Um, I've had a bunch of web comics over the years, but my latest one is called Assassin Roommate. It's on Webtoon. And I have a bunch of like mini comics and things that I do periodically, but my main comics um, have been with Webtoons lately. So um, Assassin Roommate's a romance about assassins who make out. And then I had another one called Boo It's Sex with Danielle Corsetto about um, the ghost of a dead sorority girl that teaches sex ed. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
<laughs> That's really good. They know what it was about. Yeah. I saw the title. Yeah. Who it's sex. Yeah. I was like, hey, they don't like sex. <laughs> yeah. Monica, where did that don't like it? Where did that idea come from? Well, we knew we wanted to do comedic sex ed, um, and I love ghosts, so we decided that like a dead sorority girl would be kind of a, a fun mentor. She'd be a fun avatar for a bunch of sex ed knowledge. <laughs> Except everyone assumed she died from sex, which is not true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do call it the little death. That's right. She had a lot of little deaths. So much that they added up to one big death. <laughs> <laughs> we should put that on like a poster or something. There you go. Love it. All right, Paul, you're up. Hi, I'm Paul Benjamin. I write comic books and video games. I've written a whole lot of things. Uh, Hulk, World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Star Trek, Muppets, Monsters, Inc., uh, a wide variety, Disney princesses. Um, I, there's a collection, actually, that's coming out in December called Marvel Vault of Heroes, uh, Hulk Biggest and Best. That's a 12-issue run of Marvel Adventures Hulk that I wrote, so that's pretty exciting. And I'm the writer on DC Universe Online, uh, which is a free-to-play MMO on every platform. We just came out on Switch, uh, where I get to write all of the DC Universe heroes and villains having massive battles across the universe and multiverse now, because we're doing uh, Batman's uh, metal storyline right now. Ooh, do you have a favorite uh, matchup oh, cool. between characters? Uh, I've gotten to write a Hulk versus Thing story so that was that was huge um i i'd really like to see a uh, a battle between lois lane and batman of who is the better detective oh interesting because i feel like she's really good she's a really good investigative journalist and she doesn't even have a bat cave (laughs) she does have a husband with x-ray vision so that probably helps (laughs) <laughs> yeah, can you look in that and do it? Yeah. Right, what, what, super hearing Good. is real useful when when getting deep background, but you still have to find a source. Yeah, just sure. a lot of anonymous sources. Yep. <laughs> know what to listen for. Very good. Shall I? Absolutely, I go for it. Chris Nicholas, also known as Uncle Staple. Uh, I run Staple, the Independent Media Expo, uh, which is Austin's very own indie comic book convention. Uh, It's coming up on the 15th annual here uh, next week. (laughs) Next week from when we're recording, which will be uh, October 12th and 13th at the Millennium Youth Entertainment Complex. Uh, There's a, a couple of hundred exhibitors of people who make comics, zines, arts, crafts, games, all, all sorts of things like that. And Paul and Monica will also be there with their, their lovely things. Woo. I'm so excited for it. <laughs> are you, do you feel good about but where you, things are? Or are you panicked? Is this the last week panic here? <laughs> yeah, both. You know, it's, it's the week oh, before. Yeah. It's just kind of a combination of excitement, uh, panic always you know i mean kind of ride that wave <laughs> you've been doing this for over a decade now right the show 
Yes. Is the panic the, kind the of old hat? Years. Like, I'm panicked, but I'm used to it 15 years. Are you used to the panic? I Yeah, yeah I kind of anticipate it. <laughs> you know, like, like uh, scheduled panic. <laughs> I, I, it's um, it's just become part of my personality, I guess. To be, to be uh, <laughs> panicking is, a, is a part of my personality. <laughs> to be slightly panicked about things, but yeah, no. It's good. But, keeps me. I mean, yeah, a lot of it's automatic pilot by now. It's just kind of. I know the things that need to be done, and uh, I just need to remember to do them. <laughs> yeah. Well, can you take us back to <laughs> to 2005 and the the very first uh, first time you put this on? Where where did the idea come from? What was it like? How has it changed uh, in 15 years? Yeah, basically, uh, a friend of mine and I had started making our own comics. And so, yeah, we, you know, we made some comics and we're like, okay, we made these. Now what do we do with it? And, and, uh, yeah, basically if you, you know, if you're a DIY creator, so, you know, particularly self-publishing, one of the only ways to get your work out to the public is to get a table at a convention like Staple. Um, back then there really wasn't anything in the, uh, entire Southwest that sort of focused on that type of uh, indie comics, indie media. Um, There's probably five shows in the United States at the time. So if you're, you know, a creator doing stuff like this and you're from Texas and we met, we, in our efforts to kind of get our work out, we met a lot of, folks from Austin, from Houston, all around Texas, who were kind of doing the same thing. Some some of them had been doing it for years, and they were like, yeah, you got to go to New York or San Francisco or Maryland to uh, sell your comics. And uh, because the distribution is controlled by one monopoly in the United States, and unless they think they're going to sell you a thousand copies of your comic or 1500 copies of your comic, they won't even put it in their catalog. So yeah, you have to hustle. You have to go do it yourself. So if you get, if you're selling your little, you know, homemade $2 mini comic, uh, and you got to get a flight in a hotel in a table at the show. It, I mean, you're basically just taking a, a, a working vacation at that point. You're not going to, it's kind of it's gets expensive quick, so I was like, well, there's enough. It occurred to me, there's enough people around here, to uh, enough talent in Austin and surrounding area that we could just put on the show here. And uh, took about a year to plan it. We had engaged interest; people were interested in it, and then we did it. It happened. It was at the Elks Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not, which I understand is no longer an Elks Lodge. It's something else, but it was down off Barton Springs. Uh, I think it's a a Deer's Lodge now, or it might be a (laughs) Caribou's Lodge. I'm not sure. It's some sort of ungulate. Yes. Uh, They, uh, yeah, we had about 25 tables, about, you know, 30, 40 
exhibitors. And then, you know, we had no idea how many people would show up, but then, uh, we get, we got lucky, got some good press and, you know, a few hundred people showed up. We were like, wow, that's a good response. It worked, worked out great for everyone. So we just kind of kept doing it. And I guess the main change, the ethos of it has never changed, which is to bring, uh, this type of work, people making their own comics, people making their own zines before the public who's interested in it. And so that, that hasn't changed. It's what's changed. It's sort of the size of it, the length of it. Now it's went uh, to a two day show a few years back. Um, lots of programming, uh, you know, we've added, added a lot more programming, get a little more organized about uh, how we do panels and stuff like that. Paul's going to be on a panel at the show. Um, and I am. I love doing panels. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so it's just kind of gotten bigger is the main. And, and a bigger venue. Kinda, it's the same. It's the same thing. It's the same. It's the same feel for, you know, friendly, homey. Everybody's really nice. Uh, but it's just more of it. Nice. That's awesome. And Paul and Monica, yeah. is this your first time uh, being on a, a panel or, or kind of participating? Or are you regular season vets by now? Um, I think I've only been on a panel once or twice in the past, but I've been to Staple. This might be my fifth or sixth year, I think. Um, I missed a couple times in between, but I remember when it was a one-day show, it was awesome. It, and I used to live in Maryland, and it was amazing that I could fly all the way to Austin for a one day show and it was still totally worth it. I think I went to the show in when it was in the Elks Lodge. Was it there for more than one year, Chris? It was just there the the one year. I think yeah, we had that that's I met Paul uh back then and now we're good good friends. <laughs> we play <laughs> Dungeons true. and Dragons together. <laughs> oh cool. Regularly. We've had we've had many adventures. Many adventures. <laughs> I think we were um, on a panel, though, right, at the first show? Or- I think I was. I think that was my first panel. And I, I've done a lot of panels as a, as a comic book creator and as an editor and as a video game writer. I just gave a talk on video game writing at UT a couple of days ago. And I love doing that kind of thing because it is a group of knowledgeable people and they can just sit there and either answer questions or riff off of each other and have a great time while also informing their audience about whatever aspect of the work that they're uh, an expert in or what they're talking about. And I really like the staple panels because it is always a really talented group of people. And it's always very interesting for the panelists. We learn something new about each other, even people we've been friends with for a long time. This year, I'm going to do one on how to break into comics with a bunch of other people. And I think the theme is going to be like, I'm going to say, how did you break into comics? And then I'm going to say, how did you break into comics the second time? And I'm willing to bet everybody has a story of at least the first and second time they had to break in. If I not like more. That. That's great. <laughs> oh. oh, we're getting a dog appearance. I like There's it. A dog. <laughs> yeah, that was that was crypto. Uh, he has a new story idea for something about him chasing <laughs> Streaky the super cat. 
I, I try to ignore him on those. Stuff. He, he does. He's a great super dog. He doesn't have great writing ideas. Mm. I gotta tell you. Okay. Mostly stories about Chris, you said you're getting your cat cat on the uh, on the job. Yeah, yeah. I should try to try to get the my feral cat I feed on the podcast. It's getting on her dinner time. Oh no! She'll she'll be she'll be complaining out on the porch. That's all right. We always welcome more. We can all hear you get scratched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I have a traumatic tale about a bunch of cats scratching me when I was like six. But we won't get into that. We're sticking to positive stories on this this episode. Um, <laughs> okay. So you've all gone. I mean, you're all you're all staple professionals at this point. For someone like me who hasn't attended, what's your like plan of attack? Like, is there a strategy you should come in with? Should you just try and see as much as you can, make an agenda beforehand, wander around? What's the best way to do it? Uh, well, yeah, my suggestion would just be just jump right in there. Uh, bring a lot of cash because you're gonna find a ton of stuff that you're gonna want to take home with you. You know, you're gonna see. Uh, comics and art that you're not going to see anywhere else stuff that's not in a store anywhere uh, and you get you'll get to meet and interact with the person who made it right there uh, you might check you know if you're, if you're interested in checking out the panels you go you know get the uh, schedule we, we get give everyone a souvenir program as they enter and that has of course all the schedules of events and things but it's all it itself is also a comic book. Uh, exhibitors from the show submit uh, original pieces of art, and we put them in the uh, the program, and it's like a little small mini comic book uh, for you to take home. Um, but yeah, you know, if you you know, we've got four panels on Saturday and three on Sunday. They're all they're all very diverse and interesting. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just, just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to talk to people because they they're all really nice. What would you guys say? Having yeah, I think that's the best part money. is that people at indie comics shows are usually the most approachable. Yeah, I agree. Everybody there is really cool and spend time going around to the tables and talking to people about their work. There's nothing most people like, even people who are introverts, more than talking about the things they love. And these are all labors of love. So go around and talk to people. Uh, if this is your first time as an exhibitor, don't worry about how many copies of things you're going to sell. It's nice if you can sell stuff, but it's more fun to go there and make connections. Take some time to go around all the tables and get to know some people. Yeah, the community. And nice. also go to the, oh, sorry. I was going to say also go uh, <laughs> on Saturday from three three to four, go to the How to Break into Comics <laughs> panel. There you go. <laughs> the community, I think, is the best part. And especially if you're a new exhibitor, you might feel a little weird, like going and introducing yourself to people. But people, especially in the indie comics scene, really support each other and really recommend each other stuff. So it's not a competition. It's more like everybody's in it for the joy of comics together. Yay. Hey. <laughs> yeah, and that's the one thing you know you have in common with everybody who's there. You've got an automatic talking point. Yeah. I think, I think you know, and 
making comics or making you know, any sort of artistic endeavor is generally it's a very solitary thing. You're sitting at your desk or your your kitchen table, you know, drawing away at this thing. It's uh, I think a lot of these folks, it's they just it's just nice to get out of the house, you know, and talk to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're excited about it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And it's fun. Sometimes people will be working. They might have sketch commissions that they're doing where somebody, maybe you, has paid them to do a sketch of their favorite character or something like that. So you can watch them work and chat with them while they're doing that. Uh, I don't get a lot of writing done while I'm talking to people. It turns out that's hard. <laughs> but artists can draw all day while they're having a conversation. <laughs> Different kind of different parts of the brain, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'd be. I'd I'd almost be worried if you could music while yeah. I write, and that's huge. <laughs> cool. Oh yeah, I can't listen to anything when I write. It has to be dead silent. <laughs> yeah. I have a a playlist of songs I know all the words to. Nice. The, I can listen like uh, running staple is probably about. 70 to 80 percent writing emails <laughs> <laughs> and i can listen to sort of uh instrumental music when i do that but okay but if there's words if i hear words that's distracting you just start typing out the lyrics <laughs> yeah 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 or it's just start singing <laughs> and i don't i can't write but like yeah it's sort of i don't know Lately, I've been on a kind of uh, synthwave kick, listening to synthwave and cyberpunk mixes on YouTube. <laughs> cool. That sounds and, uh, fantastic. It's a lot of fun. Paul, what's on your uh, playlist that you know all the words to? Oh, boy. Uh, so it started out as kind of a uh, Duran Duran... 80s new wave kind of uh, playlist. And then I started adding a bunch of 70s funk to it. Uh, And, and that was, that was fun. But then I was like, Oh, the B 52s have really good. It's all upbeat music that keeps me awake while I'm writing. Mm -hmm. So the B 52s and the talking heads. And then I started adding in uh, Save Barris, which is kind of big band feeling rock and roll. Uh, and then Rush, which is pretty much my favorite band of all time. <laughs> uh, although I had to cut out some of the more cerebral songs that really make me think about stuff that is not what I'm writing right now. Uh, and then, you know, Run DMC, Queen. And then I started adding stuff from... Uh, the into the Spider Verse uh, oh, album. Yeah. I want to say album. Do we still say album? So good. <laughs> that <was amazing>. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and one of my coworkers said, "Oh, you like Muse?" And so I put on some cool songs. There's one called Knights of Cydonia that's like a sci-fi mm-hmm. western storyline. Uh, see, I knew you would know that song, Chris. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, Muse are great. It's fun. And then I'll do something like, oh, I don't have any Led Zeppelin on here, but I'm going to add the Immigrant song after hearing it in Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) It's a classic. Uh, 
Paul, as Paul knows, I, I listen to tons of metal, but more when driving, I think. <laughs> I don't know if I can write emails and, and bang my head <laughs> at the same time. Do you find metal adds to your road rage at all? Yeah, no, it's calming. It's oh, nice, like nice. a soothing uh, emotional massage. Ooh, I like that. Emotional yeah, massage. Yeah, it's kind of the, like I'm it's soothing sort of emotional lets me massage. My, lets me displace my, my rage uh, into the music. I like it. <laughs> I've been writing DC Metal, and it has Ooh. all the Dark Universe versions of Batman, and I got to say, there's nothing soothing about. <laughs> The Batman who laughs, who is Batman with Joker sense of humor. That's just, it's scary. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that sounds frightening. Red Death, who is Batman, Batman who strapped the Flash to the hood of his Batmobile and drove into the Speed Force to get all of his powers. Ugh. It gets wacky. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> and it's funny, actually, when I have for time me, to play people. video games. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> One of these days. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. interesting for me at Staple because I've, I've done so much more mainstream stuff versus indie stuff. It's always a chance yeah, for I mean, me you, to you have a get, a, of get a sense of what own. people are working on. I do. You I have some have of my own things that I created on my own. Yeah, yeah. That aren't owned by a corporation. I do. Yeah. I've just sold out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, yeah, I guess if people have been to a comic book convention before, but a more, you know, like to say, sort of traditional or mainstream type comic convention that they, they might expect, like celebrities and actors and stuff like that. But that's, uh, but then there's a section that's called Artist Alley, and Staple is just that. It's just the artists and the creators. Um, there, and yeah, we we issue. Uh, celebrities, except for the, the luminaries in the comic book world. Those are our celebrities. Those are our rock stars. Well, yeah, and that's, that's something that I like, right? Every year, Staple brings in some cool person who, or a few, who are doing, you know, cool work, and they might be doing stuff for, you know, DC or Marvel, and maybe they're also doing their own indie stuff. But it's nice because they're the star as opposed to somewhere like San Diego Comic-Con where it's hard to be the star when you're up against literally the biggest stars in Hollywood. Right. Yeah, that's something I've always loved about Staple is like that's where I met Chip Darcy, that's where I met Kate Leff, that's where I met Janelle Asplund, like all these people I'd known of, but I'd never have a conversation with them until Staple. It was like such a nice, like close community that everybody was like hanging out all the time so yeah it was really cool even though yeah it's getting bigger over the years i think it's still small enough that the people have have room to to uh to mingle and and, and hang out mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of uh, i call it camp summer camp sorry comic summer camp it's comic <laughs> yeah. summer camp because hey, it's these people that I only see once a year and we hang out and then we go our separate ways and then a year later we hang out and it's like no time has passed. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's a good analogy. I like that. 
Joey, I have a question for you. Uh, oh, I don't like this, but go ahead. Our host. <laughs> I've turned the tables. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, how did how did you get uh, Are you a, a comic book reader, and how, how did you get interested in, in this this whole thing? Uh to be honest, not really. Um, but I do love okay. writing, and I think uh, that's a skill that translates very well to comics. Obviously, you know, illustration is a big part of it, but I think the writing can help take a comic from just okay to great. Um, and I have, well, a former roommate. We don't live together anymore, but um, he was very big into comics, and I'd always, you know, sneak some of the stuff that he was reading or. Mm-hmm checking out so i got a little taste of it that way and yeah it just sounded like a cool event so i wanted to learn more about it cool i agree that i agree that writing i agree that writing can take something and and really raise it to the next level i one day i'll do that (laughs) (laughs) you just gotta stop listening to duran duran while you're uh, writing it can also take it down a level (laughs) trust me (laughs) Uh, yeah i've seen it but do both both. Well, that's why I like to do pair with like a really good artist, and they can distract the reader from. Don't read the words. Look at the pretty pictures. Yeah. Ooh. Do you ever just <laughs> slip in something subliminal? If you're like, man, this drawing is so good, I'm just gonna write some crap. And see yeah. I feel funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you can do that. Well, it's amazing. You know, I like comic books as an art form. I think a lot of people think of comics and they think of superheroes, which are great, but that is a genre of comic books that is not comics. Comics is a medium mm-hmm. uh, like film or like novels. Kind of, it kind of, in my opinion, sort of, functions in between those two mediums because it's words and pictures uh and you can tell any sort of story in that medium that you want there's autobiographical comics there's uh journalistic comics uh there's just you know everything and and, uh, men in black was a was an indie comic Mm -hmm. that's right right yeah road to perdition any sort of genre stuff, Western horror, sci-fi, and superhero stuff. Uh, you know, it was all superheroes are a uniquely American invention. But uh, I think, yeah, I, I like seeing the the stuff people bring to the table because it it's their own self-expression. It's what you know, you know, whether it's actually an autobiographic or or not. It's it's something that an idea they've had an unusual idea about a, like a ghost who teaches sex ed. (laughs) You'll never see, you'll never see that, you know, outside of an event like this. That'll never be on Netflix. (laughs) I mean, don't say no. Yeah, maybe. Netflix is looking for a lot of content. I know. They're just adding stuff all the time. One of our guests this year uh, is a lady named Carrie Peach. Uh, she's a cartoonist out of Brooklyn. Um, and the, 
her most recent work is a comic that's an adaptation of a podcast that is uh, called The Adventure Zone. People may have heard of it. Uh, which, mm-hmm. which is uh, the the format of the podcast is these three guys and their dad playing Dungeons and Dragons, and it's very popular, and to the point where they they adapted their Dungeons and Dragons adventures and their podcast into a comic, and mm-hmm. it's cur- uh, the second volume just came out, and it in the first week is a New York Times number one best selling book. So, uh, or graphic novel. So, and then she, yeah, Carrie, Carrie's coming out and she, uh, drew our, uh, mascot this year. We have a mascot called the staple gator, which is basically anything with a stapler for a head. I get get a different (laughs) artist to do it every year. She did, she had cute little dragons reading comic books. They're really great. But yeah, I mean, it's just going to show a comic could be about anything. So, I mean, I kind of read the, that book, and it's basically a fantasy adventure, but it's kind of meta in that the guy, the dungeon master, kind of pops in every so often to, you know, tell them, you know, hey, you're doing it wrong, you're cheating, or <laughs> <laughs> roll for initiative, something like that. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, there's so much you can do with comics that you can't do with anything else. Yeah, that's something people forget about. It's it's something I think about a lot writing video games because in a video game, you have you have a whole team, of course, but you have to say, okay, do we do we have a model for that character? Right? Do we have an existing Superman? Great. When's the last time we updated him? Does he look okay? Can we use him? Do we have the actor available to do the voiceover? Right. And so there's a budget attached to everything. When you're doing a comic, I can say the spaceship explodes and meteors rain down on the planet. And that doesn't cost any more than a page where I say, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, young girl lies in the sun chewing on a blade of grass. I mean, yeah, my pits off the artist is like, I got to draw an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> it might delight the artist too. It might delight them. That's why. That's why I, like, I didn't give the example of an army of a hundred Huns comes riding over the hill. Mm-hmm. Don't ever write that in your script or your. Oh God, that's, that's always my nightmare. Parking lot full of cars. Like, oh crap. Uh, <laughs> then, then you just. Draw a guy looking over the hill, going, "There's a hundred Huns coming!" <laughs> <laughs> right? Look over there. It's like a radio show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave it to the uh, leave leave it to the reader's imagination. That's right. Let them fill that. Jim is radioing <laughs> me from over the hill. There's a there's an army coming. <laughs> oh no! Fun stuff. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, there's little tricks like that, or like, like the meta edition of the Dungeon Master that you couldn't do that in a movie. I don't think that would be filmable. Little little pop out things, or little things, little tricks where like you know the caption describing the action is is different than what the action actually is, and creates a a cerebral frisson. 
stuff like that. If people are interested in how comics work, I always recommend the book Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud, which you could mm-hmm. easily find at half price books. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure. Classic. It, it's classic work. Someone worked at it. It basically traces the history of comics, traces, uh, you know, kind of describes how the art, how you can, when you're consuming the art medium, how you perceive it uh, in great detail. And it is itself a comic book, which is interesting. I highly recommend that for anybody who wants to create comics or just understand comics better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd say Scott McCloud yeah. wrote the book on that, but he literally did. <laughs> yeah, he actually did. Quite did. A couple of, a few, but three volumes, I think. He was if sick of people McLeod, saying he wrote the book. I would make that joke yeah. literally yeah. every time I talk to anybody ever. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. I'm sure he does. I don't know if anything after the, the sculptor. The sculptor was massive. That was like his massive opus. He did after that. Oh yeah, you guys are that was did huge. A, he did a sculpture. No, no, he did a, a book called The Sculptor, and it's this massive comic. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. after he wrote all this, and a comic book. Oh, it's, yeah, it's gorgeous and it's very upsetting, but it's really good. <laughs> 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 yeah, I get you know I mostly buy comics at conventions now. I mean, I still go to the comic book store occasionally and pick up a few things, but I mostly try to buy it from the artists that I meet at shows, like Staple. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you should totally go to Staple and buy people's comics. (laughs) You know know what? I think I will. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard they're available for sale. amazing <laughs> and it's also by the way not just comics right do you do you have some vendors who are doing different uh toys or sculptures or anything you like know that? what you know, i'm seeing a lot uh more and more these days uh stickers lots and lots of stickers almost mm-hmm. every even if somebody's selling comics they almost always also have stickers and uh pins so those really nice enamel pins those are huge. Oh, yeah. Those uh, are hot right now. Those are super hot these days. And everybody likes that stuff. And uh, I don't know, a, lot of, a lot of folks at Prince, uh, I don't know how they got him, but they have him. And they, of their prints of their art, excuse me. Uh, there's screen printing. There's, we, we actually, get, I mean, we have a screen printer that I work with to make our t shirts. Actually, actually, will be set up there, making the shirts live on the spot. So you get the you're in screen printing. You can watch someone make a shirt. It's kind of neat. Um, then, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It seems like every year is a, a lot more variety of stuff and a lot. It seems like the the production or the value or the sort of I don't want to say quality. That that's a judgment. <laughs> but it gets improved every year. You know, you know, you still we still get our our our, our newbie kids starting out with their photocopied uh, little black and white comic, which I love. And then, but then you get really impressive, nice looking stuff. 
out there. It'd be, you know, and I think people have been through it in a while. Go ahead. I think it's important to kind of think about that. Uh, you were talking about the kids with just their photocopied thing, right? That is the origin of staple, is it not? The I'm just going to take some photocopied pages and I'm going to staple every one in the middle myself, get a little bit harder paper Mm -hmm. to make a a cover cardstock kind of thing. And you could be doing that and selling it to your classmates, right? It's a, it's a great way to do it. Tomorrow. Yeah. But one of my favorite things is like someone will come to the show. They'll see all the stuff people have made. They get inspired. They go make something and then they get a table at the show next year to sell their comics. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I love that. I love that. And, you know, and the thing about making comics or making any, doing anything uh, that you want to do is you don't have to ask anyone's permission to do it. You just do it, you know? And no one else, if you have an idea you want to want to make happen, no one else is going to do it for you. You have to do it yourself. Do it yourself, DOI, because no <laughs> one else is going to do it for you. And then no one, but no one's going to stop you, but you. So <laughs> right? just do it. Well, and odds yeah. are, if you think it's cool, somebody else is going to think it's cool. That's right. Yeah, like I've always had um, like younger creators ask me how to get into comics or how to start comics. I was like, just do it. Like, it's a weird combination of like having enough guts to like put your work out there, but also feeling like, I'm not sure if I should do this, but I feel like compelled to put this out there. It's really kind of fascinating. Yeah, that's the one, that's, that's the one piece of advice I always give is just start making comics, even if it's, and maybe it's better if it's, maybe a four page or eight page or 10 or 12 page mm-hmm. short story. Yeah. Right? Something, something small and contained. Yeah. Finish it and show whether you're selling it yourself or you want to show it to an editor, it shows that you can do a beginning, a middle and an end of a story, which not all writers can do well. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think like it's self-publishing kind of in the lit literature world gets sniffed at, but in the comics world, it's, uh, it, that's where a lot of the people who become professionals, quote unquote, come from, you know, in the comic self-publishing world. And then they move on. They, the people see their work and they see that they can produce it because it's, it's a lot more, <laughs> it's a lot more work to make your own comic than, than it is to to work for a company making comics because you have to you have to do all the parts whereas like you know as Paul knows you're working on a comic you've got a team I mean it's still work you still have to do it but you've got a team of people that are splitting the various bits of making a comic in uh, into it you know that's that's how you know they can put a book out once a month because there's six people working on it and it's their, and it's for many of them, it's their day job. That's right. right. Not something they're doing nights and weekends. That's yeah, I know yeah, a lot of people yeah. who, I know a lot of people who make a book per staple. Staple is their deadline. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <laughs> cool. 
Well, I feel like y'all just uh, took the the top three right out of, well, I guess your own mouth, because I was going to ask each of y'all what your your one piece of advice was. So we're going to flip the script a little bit. We're going to ask either currently or when you were just getting started, who was either an artist or a work or something that inspired y'all? The first comic that my friend and I did together, uh, it, my friend's an artist. His name is David Lamplew. He currently has a gallery show going in Round Rock. He's also a painter. He has some really interesting paintings uh, happening. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It, our first book was kind of a crime story, and we were both sort of fans of James Elroy, the writer. And, 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 you know, we kind of really dipped into that. And, and we're just more sort of film noir and stuff like that in general. We're both big fans of that. So we really used that move, I guess you'd say, as a, an inspiration. I mean, and Elroy's as you get, too. He's crazy. I mean, he wrote his first novel when he was living in a, a like a, a caddy shack at a golf course. He was a <laughs> he was a golf caddy, and he lived in the caddy shack. And he wrote, he wrote his first novel. I think I think he writes them out by hand on Big Chief tablets. Was it about killing gophers? <laughs> it may have been. There was some, definitely some killing in it. For, for the young cool. listeners, that's a reference to the classic film Caddyshack. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> film is a medium that preceded <laughs> downloading movies. <laughs> for, for you. <laughs> It was, it was so too I, I can't even, I don't remember. I remember being in college and deciding I wanted to make comics for a living that realizing people do that as a job and that that's what I wanted my job to be. But I don't remember specifically saying, Oh, I love the work of this person, you know, Frank Miller or Alan Moore, or Gail Simone or whoever and saying, that's what I, I want to do. But I do remember I had become a comic book editor. I was editing for a company called Humanoids that does uh, French graphic novels, or, or that's their origins, and we're doing French and English uh, graphic novels when I was there. And I'd been an editor for a lot of years, and I had kind of decided editing was, was good enough. I had always wanted to be a writer, but the nice thing about editing is you get to work with everybody else but you don't have to do the actual work. You have to say, here's when your work is due, but you didn't have to write the story. You could just say, Oh, this is a really cool story. Here's my ideas. What do you think of this? Uh, it was very collaborative, but I still in my heart really wanted to be a writer. And I got to work with Alejandro Yodorowsky. And if you've seen wow. Yodorowsky's Dune, the movie, right? I mean, there's a whole movie about what a, uh, an inspiring creator he was and the amazing people he was able to bring together for this movie of Dune that never got made. And he really did inspire me to get back into writing as my primary goal. 
Oh, that's awesome. So, nice. so just hang out with Alejandro Yodorowski is my advice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think the first con I used to want to be a cartoonist, but a newspaper strip cartoonist from like a really early age, like Calvin and Hobbes and Garfield, I thought that was like the way to go. And then um, my first comic book that I read was when I was 11 or 12, I found ElfQuest. And that's still like, <laughs> I still say that is like inspiring me to get into comics. I didn't really realize you could do comics as a job. I just like ElfQuest inspired me. And then I just did comics on my own for my friends like with all of us characters in high school. And then in um, college, I just, I was an animation major, but I still did a web comic all throughout college. And then eventually it dawned on me, like, why don't I try to do comics as a job rather than this (laughs) project? (laughs) Nice. Well, and and maybe somebody's going to come to Staple and they're going to meet some of the creators there and say, oh, wow you're the person who inspired me. I'm going to go do my own thing. This is awesome. Yeah. That'd be heartwarming. No, no pressure. <laughs> no better compliment than that. <laughs> no pressure, but it better happen. So yeah, if you're going to staple, just thought, walk up to every single person and tell them they're your inspiration. <laughs> You'll make their day. <laughs> It'll be Whether great. Sure enough, just say no. Everyone's just yes. weeping by the end of it. <laughs> I mean that that could also be a goal. I'm gonna go to Staple and make every creator cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like you'd have to really do your research. So epic. Oh, that's awesome. Well, cool. Chris, Monica, and Paul. I mean. I was already sold on Staple, but I think you did a fantastic job. Everyone listening, get your tickets and go. Yeah, can, see can I buy tickets? Uh, is, so yes, for more information, go to staple-austin.org. Uh, the show is ten dollars only for a one-day pass, or fifteen for the whole weekend. It is cash only at the door. Uh, so yeah, I, I recommend stopping ahead of time, getting some cash. A lot of the creators get, that you're going to meet, a lot of them will have a square or something like that, but then a lot of them can only take cash. So it's nice to have, and they all appreciate it. Everybody likes cash. So, yeah, so like I said, then you can get tickets at the door. There's no way that they sell out. It's not actually tickets. So just show up, <laughs> and you'll probably get in. <laughs> and uh yeah you want to check out we've got all the schedule online uh all the guest list we have a ton of awesome guests and uh i would i will, I will allow you hopefully you are inspired to go to the website and and get more information staple-awesome.org we're also on all of the social medias all of the social medias yep all of them tiktok <laughs> I assume Vine, even though it's gone. Yeah. Okay, maybe not all. I should start doing Uncle Staple TikTok videos. I guess. Oh my god! I think that would that'd go be, well. Yeah. That'd be horrifying and entertaining. <laughs> it's the best kind of entertainment. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, y'all. Definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. This yeah, was a blast. Super fun. Thank you. Awesome. Come, come yeah, find us at Staple. Come to our tables and say hi. 
Will do. We'll see you there. And, and yeah, I don't mean just your listeners like you, Joey. Yes, Come yes. <laughs> that was that was me saying. Just for me, I can't promise my okay, listeners good. will see you. There. Just making sure. <laughs> I also want to point, point out, somebody's pointed out to me, I guess ACL is two weekends now. Mm, it is. So, yeah, like, it is. one of the weekends is during Staple, and also the uh, the Texas OU game is that Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to avoid downtown, I which I recommend avoiding downtown, it's going to be a mess. With both ACL and Texas OU game, I can't believe they scheduled those things at the same time, and at the same time as Staple. Nerve. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, you, you would think go, they were looking at the Staple schedule and saying, "Well, oh, we can't do it then." Yeah, you would think, but the, but yeah, it's, it, the Millennium is kind of out in East Austin, so it's away from all that. And then we have a live art show on Saturday night which is a benefit for co-op radio artists from Staple will be drawing art live that you can make a donation to co-op radio and get an original piece of art for very little, very little money. And uh, that's going to be at the Brutorium, which is also away from, which is up airport and away from downtown. So yeah, bear that in mind. I have, I have a few pieces of original art that I've gotten at the uh, at the art show. The art show is always a blast. You get to hang out and maybe have some beers with your friends that you made and watch people make art while they're getting drunk and listening to music. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not as stressful as you think it would be. It's really fun. <laughs> it's a good time. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, what do you call a fly with no wings? A walk. Get after it today, people. See you at Staple.